Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. It's a good day in the house of God, right? Amen. Praise God. I want you guys to uh, loosen up a little bit this morning, okay? Because um, I'm telling you what, this is going to be a fire message today. And if it's going to be a fire message from up here, it needs to be a fire message back at me. Okay, so I need y'all to be a little bit loud. Maybe you need to loosen up. Maybe you need to stand up and stretch a little bit or something. I'm not sure. But we are talking about the Holy Spirit today. Amen? The Holy Spirit. And we are reintroducing the Holy Spirit. And I said on, uh, on a social media post yesterday that I believe that this is quite possibly the most important message that we have preached this year. Um, I would say it's the most important message that we preach to the church in quite some time. And the reason why I say that is in this day and age of uncertainty, we need the certainty of the Holy Spirit in our life. Amen? Praise God. See, the Holy Spirit has come to us to be a leader, to be a guide for us. The Holy Spirit has come to us to be a comforter, to be a teacher for us. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. So last week, Pastor Daniel spoke on who the Holy Spirit is. And the reason why we're saying reintroduce the Holy Spirit is because I don't know what kind of background you came from uh, in, in your life. I don't know what your experience with church has been. Um, but there's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of weird stuff that is, is taught in the church about the Holy Spirit. There's a lot of uh, common misconceptions about the Holy Spirit. Sometimes when we refer to the Holy Spirit, we will uh, tend to... Be, we will tend to have some kind of like uneasiness at times and things like that. I'm here to tell you just straight off, and we're going to spend um, the next five weeks talking about the Holy Spirit and continuing this series, next four after this. But I'm telling you this, that any time that the Holy Spirit is involved, that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, that the Holy Spirit is moving in a place, there is a calm. There is a gentleness. See, the Holy Spirit is not, uh, is not a, a proponent of chaos. The Holy Spirit is not a proponent of, of discord. The Holy Spirit is not someone that's going to instill fear. The Holy, the Holy Spirit instills peace. Amen? And this is how I know this. I think we would say and, and we would tend to agree that when we're, we're talking about Jesus, that we're talking about someone who went about, he did good. The Bible says that he healed all that were oppressed of the devil. When Jesus walked into a room, the atmosphere shifted, things changed. 
See, and we have that power on the inside of us. Amen? Praise God. Well, the thing is that the Holy Spirit has come to do the exactly Sa the exact same thing. I'm sorry. I really can talk. Um, grammar was not my strong suit in school. But um, does somebody give me a well-timed amen right there? Thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. I've taught these guys well that anytime the pastor says something like, I may not be the smartest person. Amen, brother. Amen. If I didn't get anything out of this message today, I got this. Now, the thing about it is that that the Holy Spirit has come to be the same as Jesus. And we see that here in, in John chapter 12. And I, I'm, man, I'm jumping right in. John chapter 12, verse 49, Jesus says, For I have not spoken on my own authority, says, For I have not authority, but the Father who sent me gave me a command what I should say and what I should speak. So he's saying here, Jesus is saying, I don't speak on my own authority. I'm representing the Father. Amen? So everything that Jesus says, he's saying, I am representing or I am speaking on behalf of the Father. I am representing the Father. Well, what did the Holy Spirit come to do? Jesus said in John 14, verse 16, but I will pray the Father, or I will ask the Father, and he will give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. He is the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him. For he dwells in you and will be with you. I will pray the Father. He's going to give you another comforter. That word another means a different one, but of the same kind, from the same vein. We are speaking the same. So Jesus said, I only speak what the Father says. And then he said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, and he's going to be the same as me. We can know that when the Holy Spirit moves, he is representing the Father. Amen? Praise God. Guys, let's pray, and then let's get deeper into this. Father God, we thank you today that you sent us the Holy Spirit to be our leader, to be our guide, to be our answer, to be our teacher. So today, we call on the Holy Spirit inside of us to teach us, to guide us into all truth. We call on the Holy Spirit to reveal Jesus to us today. God, I pray that the words that I speak not be my words, but God, they be your words, so that no one's faith stands in the wisdom of a man, but in the power of Almighty God. We ask you to confirm your word today in the hearts and in the lives of people. We give you thanks. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So the Holy Spirit has come to us to be our leader, to be our guide, to be our helper, to be our teacher. I'm going to say that over and over again today. Because in this time and in every time, the Holy Spirit is vital to your walk as a Christian. It's vital in navigating the world that, that we're in. You know, we, we tend to limit the Holy Spirit's power and the Holy Spirit's work in, to, to be maybe just in a church service or, or maybe when we're having a hard time, a difficult time in life, we don't call on the Holy Spirit um, to be that person who, who guides us 
We don't utilize the tool that we have within us. And I think that, that many times we tend to get overwhelmed and, and life is just hitting us so hard from, from every side and, and we don't know what to do, but we have someone on the inside of us that does know what to do. We have a guide. We have an answer. We have a helper. I remember, some of you have heard this story before, but... Uh, when I was in Bible college, and Tiffany and I had, had been dating for a little bit, and, and uh, we were planning to get married. And I had switched jobs. I got laid off at one job, and, and I, was, I was working in a, um, an eyeglass place. And uh, I had done everything in there, but mainly what I did was I, I made glasses. I, I cut the lenses. I, I ground the prescription into the lenses. And... I remember that, that as I started this new job, I went from a place that had the most state-of-the-art equipment to a place that had very archaic equipment. And in the place that I was at, man, I thought I knew how to do my job. I, I did. I mean, we would type the prescription into the computer. It would print out, and this is in like 2001, 2002, it would print out a barcode, and I would scan it at each machine, and the numbers would just pop up, and I would load the lens, and it would just do its thing. So I went to a place where I had to manually do everything. This was a much smaller lab. And my breakage rate on lenses, this means the lenses that I ground or cut that could not be used, was 50% in my first two months there. That's a really good way to get fired from your job. And I was trying really hard, but it was just not working. And so finally one day, I could feel it. And I have, I have this life ahead, and, and I have this, uh, this new boo thing that I've got to take care of, right? And I thought, this is not going to go over well if I go home and say, hey, uh, about that whole job thing, I got fired because I can't do my job. So uh, one day I said, Holy Spirit, you know how to make lenses. So teach me. Teach me how to do it. You know how to do it because you know all things. And so he prompted me, the Holy Spirit prompted me to go and ask my boss. He, my boss would look at a lens. He, he checked every lens himself owner of the, of the company, checked every single lens himself. So these lenses were there, and if, if a lens was okay but not perfect, and I don't know that I ever did a perfect one, he would look at it and he would say, I'll hold my nose and then pass it. If it was just okay, right? And so I asked him one day, I said, Bob, what would a lens have to look like for you to not say that? You just say it looks good? And he stopped and he said, no one's ever asked me that before. Well, let me show you. So he rolls up his sleeves and he gets back there in the lab with me. And he starts off and he starts doing these things and I said, hold on, hold on. And I grabbed a sticky notepad, a post-it pad, and I started writing things down. He would do something, I wrote it down, I stuck it on the piece of equipment. 
Next thing he did, I wrote it down. I stuck it on the piece of equipment all the way through the lab. My breakage rate went from 50% to 2% because the Holy Spirit began to lead me and guide me. The Holy Spirit knew what I needed to do. He knew the conversation that I needed to have. I only worked there a short time because we were preparing to move, uh, to move here. This was in Tulsa. We were preparing to move to Carlsbad. But before I left, in that it was less than a year. I had gotten three raises in that year, in less than a year. And when I left, they said, if you ever need a job again, let me know. I can tell you this, that if I would have still had a 50% breakage rate, probably for like another week, I would have been out. But because of the leading of the Holy Spirit, I'm confident, I, I still contact the, Bob's son actually runs the company now, and I still talk to him from time to time. I know that if they had a spot for me and I needed a spot to earn a paycheck in Tulsa, Oklahoma, I could go back and work for Bob Keithley Opticians. And it's all the Holy Spirit. That was none of me at all. I mean, we saw what I could do. It was not pretty. That was all the Holy Spirit because he is the teacher, because he knows all things. It's every area of our life. It's not just when we need to pray for somebody. It's absolutely every area of our life that the Holy Spirit has come to lead and guide you as the teacher. Now, I want you to notice here, in John chapter 14, verse 16, he says, And I will pray the Father, and, I will, and he will give you another comforter, that he will abide with you forever. That word comforter, it means an intercessor and an advocate, when we look it up in the original text. An intercessor and an advocate. So I've always thought, for years I thought the Holy Spirit was pleading my case before God. But I think that's flipped. Because I believe that through the blood of Jesus, God sees me as righteous. God sees me as clean. God sees me as holy because of the blood of Jesus. It's not because of me anyway. So I don't need somebody to plead my case before God. Jesus already paid my price before God. Amen? Praise God. So the thing about this is that I believe that's flipped. See, I don't believe that the Holy Spirit is an advocate advocating on my behalf to God. I believe that the Holy Spirit is an advocate advocating on behalf of the price of Jesus to me. I'm going to say that again. I believe that the Holy Spirit is advocating on behalf of Jesus' sacrifice to me. Here's where I get it. Romans chapter 6, verse 17. It says, but the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Say, I'm a child of God. Say it again like you really mean it. Say, I'm a child of God. The Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. See, God already sees us as children. But the Spirit is constantly bearing witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So when I go through my day and I think I'm not good enough, 
the Spirit is advocating on behalf of the Father, saying, no, because of the price of Jesus, you're a child of God. When I think I can't enter in to the presence of God because of the attitudes that I've had, God speaks to me through the Holy Spirit, and he says, no, 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 you're a child of God. You are welcome in this house. Today is the day. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is saying to me that God is for you. He is not against you. The Holy Spirit is bearing witness with my spirit that I'm welcome in the house. The Holy Spirit is bearing witness with my spirit that I've provided everything that you need in Christ. And so don't worry about tomorrow. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is bearing witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. And if I'm a child of God, then I'm an heir of God and joint heirs with Christ. The scripture says in Romans 8, 17, For indeed we suffer with him that we may also be glorified together. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. The Holy Spirit has come to be our comforter. How does that comfort me? Well, when I'm in turmoil, I'm comforted to know that God is on my side. When I'm struggling in my life, I'm comforted to know that the Holy Spirit is bearing witness with my spirit and reminding me of my position in the kingdom. Hallelujah. Constantly bearing witness with my spirit. The Holy Spirit has come to be our comforter, to be our teacher. I want to tell you a story. This is in 2 Kings chapter 4, and you can go there if you want, or I encourage you to write it down because there's so much in this. Study this uh, beyond today. 2 Kings chapter 4. This is uh, verse number 1 is where we'll start. It says, there was a widow, a member of a group of prophets, that went to Elisha and said, sir, my husband has died. And as you know, he was a God-fearing man. But now, a man he owed money to has come to take away my two sons as slaves in payment for my husband's debt. Now, when we look at this situation with Elisha, I think about this. That this woman was in the middle of a situation that she had no idea how to get out of. I don't know about you, but I've been in those situations before. Have you ever been in a situation that you're just like, I don't, need, I don't know what to do here. I don't know how I get out of this. You've had a tragedy come. This was unexpected is, is the, the, the feeling that I get from reading it. Her husband died. He was a God-fearing man. He raised his family in the ways of the Lord. Follow God, and things will be okay. Go hard after God. His ways are higher than your ways. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Pray together. Go to church together. Yet, tragedy still happens. 
And this woman was faced with these issues that, that maybe weren't even any faults of her own. But her husband had some debts. And the man came to collect his debts. And in that day and time, you became the slave if you couldn't pay the debt. So the woman goes to the prophet of God because that's how their family conducted business. When I'm in trouble, I run to God. I think we could use a little, a little check there. When I'm in trouble, where do I go? When I'm in trouble, where do I run to? A lot of times when we're in trouble, we run, run to social media. A lot of times when we're in trouble, we run to people who don't know any better than we do. And what do they do? They just fuel our fire, right? See, but here she was in trouble and she ran to God. She ran to God. How many believe that when we're in trouble, the best place to run is to the Holy Spirit that's inside of us, right? Because what is he doing? I sound like a broken record. He's bearing witness with our spirit to let us know that we're children of God. And if I'm a child of God, wouldn't you do anything for your kids to get them out of trouble? Right? You'd do anything you could for your kids. Anything. I don't care if it's their fault or not. We'll deal with that later. But I'm going to do anything I can to get them out of trouble. See, and we're children of God. And where my resources may be limited, his are unlimited. Amen. Praise God. So this woman, she's faced with these debts, and they're going to take her kids. And she doesn't know what to do. And so she runs to God. Tragedy happened. Her world suddenly changed. Anybody have their world suddenly change in 2020? Is your world back to normal yet? Maybe, maybe not, probably not. It looks different, right? Looks different. For some of us, it's better. For some of us, maybe we would say it's worse. For some of us, we hadn't really figured that out yet. It's just kind of weird. Her world changed, and she was completely consumed by the problem. But she had enough in her to run to God. And so Elisha said, what shall I do for you? And he looked at her and he says, well, tell me what you have at home. And she said, nothing at all, except a small jar of oil. That's it. All I have is a small jar of oil. I love this because she said to him, after he asked her what, what she had, she said, I, I don't have anything. I got nothing except if you were asked today, how do you get out of the situation that you're in? If you were asked today, how do you move yourself forward? If you were asked today, how do you fulfill that dream and that vision and that purpose that God has placed in your heart? Some of us would say, well, I don't know. I don't have anything. I don't have anything to offer. Why would God choose me? I, I, I don't have anything to offer. I can't even take care of myself. Let alone fulfill a vision. Let alone fulfill a dream that God's placed in my, in, in my heart. What do you have? What do you have? 
She said, I don't have anything except for a small jar of oil. I think Elisha's face lit up whenever he saw that she had a jar of oil. He's like, oh, girl, you got everything you need right now. What do you have? Oh, I, I don't have anything. I just have some oil. Oh, you have oil? Are you kidding me? You have, you have oil right now? What kind of oil is it? Is it like, is it the vegetable oil or is it like the, 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 the like avocado oil, right? Because of where they're from, I'm sure it was olive oil that they had, but I don't know. It doesn't say. Bacon grease. Maybe it was bacon grease. I'm telling you what, if it was bacon grease, it's on like Donkey Kong, right? <laughs> Crisco. <laughs> what do you have? I don't have anything. Except a little bit of bacon grease. Oh, girl, it's on now, right? I have a little bit of oil. Elisha's face lit up. Oh, okay, so here's what I want you to do. I, I, want, you, I want you to go and, 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 and get jars from all of your neighbors and, and bring them. <laughs> I'm so excited right now. I want you to get all the jars from all your neighbors, and I want you to bring them here. You got a little bit of oil? Girl, we're going to make that a lot of oil right now. You got just a little bit? We're going to make that a lot. See, because in the Scripture, we see oil as a representation of the Holy Spirit. This is a refreshing. This is a renewing. When you put oil into something, it softens it. It restores it. It brings it back to life. See, this lady had had a tragedy in her life, and she had nowhere to go. She had nothing to turn to. She felt like she was completely hopeless. But what did she do? She had a little bit of oil. If you've got just a little bit of the Holy Spirit in your life, your situation is about to turn around. Amen. Hallelujah. She said, all I have is a little bit of oil. And he's like, man, you've got everything you need. I want you to go and get vessels from everybody else. Borrow it from your neighbors. As many empty jars as you can. Because sometimes you have to go out and get more vessels. Sometimes you need different tools than what you have. Sometimes you need more vessels to do what God's called you to do. Sometimes you need more vessels to get out from the mess that you're in. Sometimes you need to open up places in your heart that you've never opened up before. Sometimes you need to be willing to remove walls of places that you haven't allowed God before. Sometimes you need to do something that's just a little bit uncomfortable. Well, I'm going to go to my next-door neighbor's house, but that house on the other side don't really get along with them too well. What if she would have said that? I don't know about that neighbor across the street because that neighbor across the street, tell you what, I used to work with their sister. You want to talk about drama? That girl was drama. I'm just, I'm not even going to go there. Sometimes you got to be willing to be a little uncomfortable so that you can open up more places so that you can hold more oil. Now look at this, verse 4. Can you believe all that was just three verses? It's just, it's just three verses. Verse 4, then you and your sons go into the house. So after you get all the vessels, you and your house, you, you and your son, you go into the house. Love this. Close the door. <laughs> I love it. 
close the door because you don't need to give anyone an explanation for your obedience to God. Man, what is she doing over there? Are you kidding me? What is she? Man, that is weird. She has like a little bit of oil and she's got all these. I don't know. She borrowed my pots. She borrowed mine too. What is she doing with all those? Doesn't matter. Go into your house, close the door and be obedient to God. Because you don't know anybody in explanation. Sometimes you just need to close the door. Close the door. Start pouring the oil into the jars. Set each one aside as soon as it is full. Verse 5. So the woman went into her house with her sons. She closed the door. She took the small jar. You know what? It does say olive oil. She took the small jar of olive oil. I told you. I thought for sure it was bacon grease, but it says it here. She, she took, it must be a different translation. It says bacon grease. Took the small jar of olive oil and poured the oil into the jars, and her sons brought them to her. And when they had filled all the jars, she asked if there were any more. And they said, that was the last one. And the olive oil stopped flowing. I want you to notice there that she only ran out of oil when she ran out of vessels. She only ran out of oil if she ran out of vessels. See, the lesson that that tells me is that once I'm full, I need to start sharing. Once I'm full, I need to start sharing because I don't ever want to stop the flow of the Holy Spirit. Amen? I don't ever want to just be full and say, I got enough. You ever get oil on your hands? You start touching things, like you wash them, and then it's like, I, it, it just lasts forever. Everything I touch, I want to get an oily residue on because I've got the Holy Spirit just all over me. It's oozing out of me. I've got so many vessels. And then I see you, and maybe you're an empty vessel, but I've got good news for you because I've got some oil, and I've got enough to share. I've got enough to share. See, she only ran out of oil when she ran out of vessels. The power of the Holy Spirit will only run dry when you stop being a vessel. She went back to the prophet Elisha, who said to her, Now sell the olive oil and pay all your debts, and then there will be enough money left over for you and your sons to live on. Look at this. I'm telling you, mind blown. You ready? The Holy Spirit bears witness, what did I say? With our spirit that we are children of God. That's what the scripture tells us. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. See, if the Holy Spirit is bearing witness with our children, how did I, with our spirit, how did I become a child of God? I became a child of God because Jesus paid my debts. Amen? Jesus paid my debts. And so, Elisha told her, I want you to go and take the olive oil and I want you to sell it to pay your debts. See, the Holy Spirit in me is constantly reminding me every single day that your debt has been paid by the blood of Jesus. Your debt has been paid. And so every single day, the oil of the Holy Spirit is within me. 
The oil of the Holy Spirit is working in me. The oil of the Holy Spirit has gone into those deep and dark places in my life. Maybe those walls in your life just needed to be greased up a little bit so that they can move, right? Maybe they just need a little oil. That oil of the Holy Spirit is going into all of those places, and I'm an open vessel for him. And so his spirit is constantly bearing witness with our spirit. That tells me that he's a comforter. What is he doing? Every day he's teaching me more about what Jesus did for me. He's teaching me more about how to walk out my salvation. He's teaching me more the process of being saved. The Holy Spirit bears witness with our spirit that our debt has been paid and that we have access. Say, I have access. I love that word. I have access to everything that I need to answer the call of God in my life. It's all mine, according to the blood of Jesus. See, it's not me at all. I'm a mess. I mess things up. I'm broken, hurting. Sometimes take it out on others, but through the blood of Jesus, I'm not a mess. <laughs> through the blood of Jesus, I'm whole. Through the blood of Jesus, he's turned my problems into my victories. Through the blood of Jesus, he's given me a testimony. Through the blood of Jesus, he's given me peace. Through the blood of Jesus, he's given me joy. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. I said Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit. Those are interchangeable. Just depends on what church you went to. God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. See, as Pastor said last week, anointing is the embodiment of the Holy Spirit. See, the body of Christ, you are the body of Christ. You are the anointing. Jesus was the embodiment of the anointing now because Jesus ascended into heaven and he sent the Holy Spirit to us. Now you are the embodiment of the power of God, of the anointing of God, because the Holy Spirit lives in you. The scripture says that Jesus was anointed with the Holy Spirit and with power. There are two words used for power in the New Testament, and this is a teaser for next week. There are two words used for power. Number one is exousia. And I don't use a lot of Greek words because you don't speak Greek and I don't speak Greek and my computer speaks Greek, my iPad speaks Greek really well. But I want to bring out these two words. Exousia, I believe it's spelled, and I don't have it on these notes, but I believe it's spelled E-X-O, exousia, E-X, hold on a second, I'm going to look it up. I have it right here. 
because I have no idea. I was just pretending. I was trying to be smart, you guys. E-X-O-U-S-I-A, exousia. And exousia means the power of choice. Power of choice, the power to influence. See, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and with power. See, both are power. One is the power in your life. The other one is the power to change your surroundings. When we receive the Holy Spirit upon salvation, we receive a ministry of the Holy Spirit, and that's exousia power, the power to change you. See, I made the choice. And I said, Holy Spirit, come. Because I have accepted Jesus into my life and bear witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. Exousia power. Authority now resides in me because of Jesus. See, but the second word for, for power is the word dunamis. And it's the power to radically change your surroundings. See, many times, especially in the Pentecostal or charismatic church, we talk about power and we talk about the Holy Spirit and, and we're centered around speaking with other tongues. And that's the Holy Spirit. Well, I believe that's part of the Holy Spirit. That's this much of the Holy Spirit. And in this series, we're, what we're bringing is the Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit has come into our life to make our life successful, to be our helper, to be our guide, to be our teacher. That's what the Holy Spirit has come to do. But the Holy Spirit has come not only to be in you, but to be through you. And as the Holy Spirit has come to be through you, He has empowered you to go out and to change the world around you. It's just as much Holy Spirit. Next week, we're going to talk about the power. We're going to talk about the, the, the two types of power that the Holy Spirit has come to bring us. We're going to talk about how that power in us allows us to walk in the fullness of God in our own lives and then to have boldness to change the world around us. And they work together. So don't miss next week. It's going to be incredible. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for your goodness and your love. God, we thank you that you've chosen us in spite of us. We thank you that you've given us a comforter that's constantly reminding us of our position in the kingdom. We give you praise today. Guys, with everybody's head bowed and eyes closed, and the only reason we do this is out of respect for one another.
Did you know God can hear you even if you have your eyes open and your head up? But out of respect for one another. Today, if you don't have that relationship with Jesus, you don't know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to introduce you today. See, we've talked about today some of the things that Jesus did for us, and in order to access those, all you have to do is ask him to come into your life. That's it. We just ask Jesus to come in, to be the Lord of our life. See, what you're saying really is, is simple. You're saying, Jesus, I need help. I can't do it by myself. And when you make him your Lord, you're saying, you have a better way for me. And so I'm going to follow you. So if that's you today, whether you're in the house today or you're watching us on the other side of a screen, I want to invite you to say a prayer with me. And we're going to invite Jesus in. I'm going to ask everybody, whether you're in the house or online, to say this prayer with us. See, the thing is that this is a you and God thing. But I want you to know that no matter where you're at, you're not alone. We're a family. And so if you would, just say this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I believe that you're God's son. I believe that you died on the cross for me. And I believe that you rose again. And I ask you to come into my life to help me and to change me. And I give my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. And we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us. And remember that God is madly in love.